Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here tonight with Bruce. McCurdy. <laughs> hey, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, we must have a happy ending to talk about tonight, David. <laughs> what an unexpected. I guess I, I saw the, um, I didn't actually see the Hockey Night in Canada panel uh, between the periods there after the first period, and they were saying that they, they thought the orders could come back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always have that hope myself because we've seen that. Yep. Um, but honestly, did I think they were going to come back in this? I did, I did not because I just thought, oh, the Kings are so good defensively and Corpusalo is such a good goalie that they're not going to they're not going to come back. But of course they did. 5-4 overtime win Bruce. I think one of the greatest uh comebacks in Oilers playoff history. Yep. If this team does anything in the playoffs, this, this game is going to be remembered for a long time. This is this is a that that was a huge Huge moment, obviously, and um, we're going to get into it. Bruce, any starting thoughts or uh, initial thoughts? Or I can only think of two other ever playoff games where the Oilers were down by three and came back to win. Both times it was three nothing. Uh, first time was against uh, Winnipeg Jets in '88 uh, uh, in Winnipeg Arena when they came back. They came back from 3 nothing down in Game 3 to tie it, but then they wound up losing it. And in Game 4, they fell behind 3 nothing again. And this time, they came all the way back and won it 5-3. to three. And that gave them a 3-1 lead in that series, and they wrapped it up in home. Uh, more memorably by far was the comeback against Dallas Stars in uh, 1997, where they were down 3 nothing with, like, four minutes to go in the third period. And... Uh, uh, all of a sudden, uh, Doug Waite scored, and then uh, uh, the comeback was on. They got three goals in the last four minutes, which was then the NHL record for latest three-goal comeback. And then Kelly Buckberger, of all people, scored the winner in overtime on an outside shot through Mike Greer's screen that gave the orders a 4-3 win. Of course, they went on to win that series in seven games. Uh, so that was a, absolutely huge. They won three overtime games in that series, including games three, five, and seven. And so that was uh, that was very memorable. And I don't think since, I mean, it's not like they played that many playoff games since, to be honest. Or certainly not like they won that many, because for a few years, Dallas was taking them out, and they were never coming back from three goal deficits against Dallas. And 06, they came from two down against San Jose uh, in a big game. And... Anyway, I think this is the third time. We'll see. Somebody will. I don't know who the new Elias Sports Bureau is. You don't hear them mentioned anymore, but it's one of those ones where somebody comes up with these random stats. First time somebody's done this since, you know. And yeah. uh, and so probably tomorrow it'll trickle out. Stoffer will probably, probably have it on his show because he loves that kind of stuff, as do I. But I'm going to go with third time. And if there's a fourth, I'll be pleasantly surprised. But it's a rare thing. And uh, they looked like dead in the water when they gave up two late goals in the first period. Like I was thinking, just get to the buzzer at one nothing. Well, we better get to the buzzer at 2 nothing. And then they took that penalty. And, of course, uh, the power play converted for uh, 
uh, LA and the place was, you know, the goal horn was blaring and the goal song was singing away and the fans were having a great time and the owners were looking pretty desolate. And then the siren finally did go and then they kind of got it together for, well, second period. Third was a bit of a bit of a uh, game of chase for part of it. And then uh, they finally got the winger scoring, you know, to uh, tie it and win it. The guys we've been waiting for. That indeed. Indeed. That... indeed. So, Bruce, let's get into this. Yeah, okay. And because it's a historic win. Yep. Could be a historic win. Of course, they could blow the series still and then it's forgotten. But anyway, um, except for by you, you won't forget it. Uh, <laughs> you just demonstrated. <laughs> um, the, we're going to do uh, three good things. Mm-hmm. One bad thing and one number. We're up from our three usual. things. Sweet. We're up from our usual one good thing. And then we usually have two good things after a big orders win. Well, it's three good things tonight. This is a huge win. This, this is the huge win. Bruce, why don't you start it off? Yeah, well, that was Norman Lacombe who scored the winner in that game in 88, by the way, in Winnipeg. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> now you're just showing off. I, I, looked that, I, I looked that game up just to make sure <laughs> I was right about it. And uh, sure enough, yeah, but I, I did not remember Norman Lacombe until I saw him on the summary tonight. Uh, I'm still sweating, David. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with all players tonight with my good and bad things. And player number one, uh, uh, I'll Tip the hat to Zach Hyman, who was named the game's first star. He was anything but the first star of this game. He had a real kind of ragged game. Let's that's, that's, that's be nice and call it a ragged game. Uh, but he did contribute uh, uh, one nice assist on a passing play on the uh, 3-2 goal with McDavid and Dreisaitl, uh, the 5-on-5 five five goal, where he got it to McDavid behind the net and McDavid fed Leon out front, and he buried it from close range. And then, of course, he came up with the uh, uh, the absolute critical game winner, uh, something he desperately needed. I, like, I think he's had a tough time throughout the series, and I frankly am wondering if he's 100% or even that close to it. Trouble handling the puck, Dave, and along the boards and stuff, and that's usually a real strength of his. But in this case, he... Uh, uh, he took the long pass along the boards, and he came into into the zone, and he, what we called a grade B shot, but he got a really good shot away, like a hard shot, and he, he found a hole in kind of in the crook of the elbow of uh, Jonas Corpusalo, and the B shot turned out to be the game winner, and hey, we'll take it. And good on you, Zach Hyman. You needed something to turn it around, and uh, nothing like being an overtime hero to... Uh, uh, to uh, turn the table. So uh, I will credit him for that overtime winner. Say it wasn't his greatest. What did you grade him in this game, David? Interested. I gave, well, I gave him a three grade bump for huh. the overtime goal, and he got him to eight. I oh, got him okay. to eight. Actually, it should have just been seven, maybe, because he yeah. I might have given him a four. But he did he did make a nice screen, I thought. He did the moving screen on Bouchard's goal. Mm-hmm. And okay. um, but there and he, uh, you know, as you mentioned, he made the pass on um, uh, Drysaddle's goal. I think it's the mm-hmm. second goal of the game for the owners. And you know, he did take a terrible, undisciplined planet penalty. I think you mentioned the uh, the um, breakaway that he helped cause. So he, but you know what I loved about that goal, Bruce, and I don't want this to get inside Jonas Corposalo's head. I don't oh, want I do. Jonas Corposalo to dwell on this. I don't want Jonas Corposalo to, to wake up in the middle of the night for the next, and then in the middle of the game have flashbacks to, to him being jittery and incompetent. 
but he was jittery and competent on that shot. I mean, if, if Jack Campbell had let in that shot, Bruce, people would be screaming. They would be screaming, uh, not in joy, in agony in Edmonton and blaming. It would be another Jack Campbell bash-a-thon, even though he played well enough to... to, to I gave him an eight. Like he, he played well enough for the others to win, and he made a you know some. Uh-huh. We'll yeah. get into him in a second. Uh, but bar- barbecue Ken Holland for dessert. Yeah, Corpus <laughs> I, I you know I, it's the kind of thing though that could haunt a player, Bruce. I'm not saying it's going to haunt him, but if he listens to this podcast, you're going to be haunted, Jonas Corpusalo. You're not going to. It's going to. It's going to pop up in your mind He's at the most. Starting to look human, point. David. He's starting to look human. He's. Uh, yes. He hasn't been given up soft ones, but. Uh, Starting to look a little vulnerable, and that one I actually thought he wasn't positioned all that well, because I think he was a, he left a little bit too much room on the short side. It seemed like he was kind of in the middle of the net, and still well, the puck Kane's went goal, under right? his stick side elbow. Yeah. What's that? Kane's goal too, and I'm going to get. I'll just segue right now into Kane's yeah, goal. Kane's my good thing, mm-hmm. my first good thing, my first of three, and mm-hmm. um, his shot too. It was it was closer in. It was it was closer in. It was um, I think it was was it post in. It was close to that. It was a hell of a shot. It was it was a really hard shot. And even though Evander Kane, like for most of that game, Bruce, he looked to me like he was laboring, like he's having a hard time getting around the ice. I mean, we, we heard that he missed the morning skate, so we know that he is injured. And he just looked injured until until about ten minutes left in the game, and then he looked like Evander Kane of old. I mean, he looked like a beast. He he just was casting throwing players around i mean in overtime when matt roy went to hit him boy did he ever deserve what he got there with kane just totally throwing off that hit and ragdolling him into the boards head first which wasn't a penalty because roy initiated it he charged at the guy and he was going to he was going to try to hammer kane uh, evander kane into the boards so um but he you know that was just a even though he's having a little trouble skating, he's sure not having trouble shooting it, at least not on that play, because he absolutely just picked that spot. That was a great shot. He had had a, a great chance earlier in the game when Dreisaitl, who probably should have shot on that play, um, had a wide open look in front of the net and put it off to Kane, and, and Kane mm-hmm. couldn't beat. He couldn't get the puck high on Corpusalo. He tried to, I think, and I think he I think he muffed the shot. It's not the shot that he wanted. He immediately followed up um, the, the game-tying goal with um he won a battle in the corner put the, put it to McDavid McDavid to Ekholm Ekholm came went right to the net just like a professional ace goal scoring winger will do and took a pass and almost he had two grade A shots uh, you know one of them in the five alarm category right. and um he uh, almost he almost ended it there so that but that tying goal I mean what a goal I just was I was just I was behind in the game because I was doing game grades and I'm and doing the scoring chances and I'm just right. like I'm lagging about five minutes but I check forward to see how it's going because I can't resist and then I saw they had, oh no actually yeah yeah I saw that I I saw that they had scored right. um, they had tied it up somehow and I just couldn't believe it I couldn't believe that they they looked like they were out of gas Bruce yeah um in the third period after that amazing comeback mm-hmm. they looked like they were done and then Evander Kane um did what he did so what a fantastic um uh goal that was for him yeah well shots on net were 11-1 for uh for um la and at one point in the third period and i think they said that just before uh the breakaway by arvidson 
where he got uh, two shots, or they got two shots. And so I think it was even 13-1. This after Edmonton outshot them 20-8 to in the middle frame. And third period wound up 17-7. Edmonton did come come on late. Uh, but the Kane goal, like it was 4-3 and the clock was ticking down. It seemed more likely to go to 5-3 than it was going to go to 4-4 because Edmonton wasn't generating a lot. And then that goal, you know, three minutes left was a bolt from the blue and game on. So... Bruce, what is your second uh, good thing? Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Evan Bouchard, who uh, had a terrific game tonight for the most part. I mean, his his boxcars, David, one goal, mm-hmm. two assists, three points, plus three, Bouchard. Uh, he did make a couple of defensive lapses, one in particular that led to a four or five shot barrage uh, in the, in the uh, uh, second period. That was when uh, when LA got like five of their eight shots on that one play uh, from right in front. Who was it kept pounding the rebounds? Was it Arvidsson or was it uh, Deno? No, it was Deno. Arvidsson made the first shot, and Deno had yeah. all the rebounds. <laughs> uh, but uh, that was a rare uh, downturn for him, and this was a game where he played 28 minutes and 25 seconds, most on the team, including 24-11 at even strength, also most on the team. And he was, uh, uh, I thought, in, in very fine form for the most part. Lots of good passes. Absolutely great shot to get Edmonton back in the game, 3-1 to one on, a, on a blast uh, through... Uh, through traffic, that was Hyman's screen. Was Nuge, I think, also screening, and it was also uh, uh, was McDavid and Drysaitel and uh, Bush in the triangle, and Bush at the top of the triangle, and he just hammered it. And again, I think it dinged in off the post. And that was it just a, changes a, the Oilers' power play, Bruce. I just want to interject quickly. Like we, we've talked mm-hmm. about this, they're packing it in, right? They don't want to see that. Mm-hmm. They don't want to see the cross seam pass to Drysaddle. Right. And what are you going to do? You just if they pack it in like that, you've got to put it to the point, and you and you mm-hmm. have this player who can do that. It changes yeah. mm-hmm. changes things. Yeah. So he had uh, he had eight shot attempts, four which were on net, uh, blocked three shots himself, uh, but. Uh, I'm going to reserve special p- praise for the pass he gave to Hyman on the game winner, where uh, basically he broke the trap with one long pass off the wall, where you know the the LA guys they kind of cut into the middle of the ice and Bush took the outside with a long bank pass that caught Hyman in full flight uh, coming in towards the uh, blue line. And that had to be like a 120-foot pass because he was like behind his own net, I think, and when he when he sifted it up there and off the wall onto Hyman's stick and he breaks in on that left side and that leads to the goal. Beautiful pass. I mean, you don't necessarily expect a goal on a shot from there, but uh, the reason the puck got there was because Bush made that, uh, that long feed. So I thought he had a pretty... Uh, a uh, pretty strong game in in uh, uh, in most areas, and then in overtime he drew a penalty and didn't die when uh, he got basically blasted from behind, head first into the boards by Adrian Kempe. Really dirty hit, and should have been five. They had to call that one. 
I think in a different situation, it would be five in overtime. A two-minute penalty is a long time. And unfortunately, that was one time where the Oilers' power play just couldn't get it. I mean, McDavid had a great chance in that damn Deneau was able to deflect it over the net. That guy's everywhere. And I think McDavid might have buried that if uh, without that uh, <clears throat> defensive play. But uh, he drew that penalty, and then he got up, you know, they sent him to the bench because he was leaking, and then he came out early in the power play, and, and uh, then, uh, as I say later, made the made the big pass on the game winner, and they scored. Yeah, it was just Hyman from Bouchard. It was the only goal of the game that didn't have a third point. Uh, so uh, big credit to the young lad. He's come a long way. They said since the since the trade of Barry. He's played 24 games and he had 24 points and now he's up to 25, if not 26, because I can't remember when. They said it after one of his earlier points in the game and then he got at least one more after that. And I mean, point of game defenseman, that's golden. And over a sample size of 20, you know, 24 games, we're not talking about six points in six games like Adam Larson had one time this year. I mean, that's a long, sustained, uh, productive uh, defenseman, and he's getting a bunch of his points on, uh, on power play, but not all of them by any means. So good on you, Evan Bouchard. This was a kind of a coming-out party for you tonight in the playoffs. I, mean, I think he was Edmonton's best defenseman in this game, to me. Yeah, I Brett, Brett Kulak, I liked his game, and I, I would have him on the short list, but he didn't play as much and, you know, didn't make as much happen. Just, But, uh, you know, I, I liked his overall game, but uh, Bush was... Uh, you know, big minutes guy and the big points guy, and he got the job done. So he won't hurt Any, his contract negotiations with games like that. You won't anyway. Let's worry about that another day. <laughs> he he's he is still playing in the rocking chair. He is he is the same defensive player. I, I do too. Mostly Bruce. it's good. You know, I mean, mostly re- it's yeah. Recognize when it's time to hustle, and he's but, starting to do that. Yeah, but it's really, he is very calm out there, unlike some of the other Oilers defensemen, which we're going to get into. They're playing like raw rookies, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's just he is just playing a really settled, smart game. And, um, yeah, huge. Okay, Bruce, my second, um, my second good thing is going to be Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, he is just, he's he's been the best Oiler by far, I think, in this series against the Kings. Mm-hmm. He really is willing his team to victory. And um, what we saw tonight, I don't know, I, I think, you know, in Germany, the Der Bomber is Gerd Müller, the great goal scorer of the 1970s. Mm-hmm. They yeah. might have to change that in Germany, Bruce, because mm-hmm. this guy, he picked apart Corpus Allo. And um, he really, he really did. Corpse Asalo after Dreisaitl was done with them. He, he, he just, it was, the, and it was the same essential play. He takes two slot passes and slams them both home. Just, mm-hmm. and just with such incredible accuracy, like dead eye accuracy. But, and it's almost like, oh, yeah, he scored. Like he did it again. Like you, it's almost like we don't even remark on it. It's just, you just, I expect it at this point when he gets that shot, he's going to put it in like that. And he does repeatedly. He's just constantly hammering in um, those those kinds of uh, shots. Um, I noticed, I think, both in um, overtime, early in the game, 
um, uh, Byfield had a really good chance to cash in on a rebound. And I think Dreisaitl clipped him with his skate and maybe um, and threw him off just enough that Byfield couldn't put it in. So there was a couple of solid defensive plays from him. There was another in overtime where he made a solid stop in the defensive slot. Um, you know, not, not Leon's home, <laughs> but when called upon, he's a staunch a defender when he wants to be as, as, as anyone in the NHL. And he, he did that. Um, he was, he was just making plays all over the, all over the ice, Bruce. Um, he's such a, he's such a fantastic hockey player. I think this is the best we've ever seen Leon play. Um, if I'm completely honest, I don't know what to, if I'm, you know, it worked having Leon and Connor together, I guess. I'm not, I don't know how, I don't know. You know, the Kings have three good lines. And so I'm a little worried about, uh, yeah, they do now. Right. So I'm a little worried about the other getting, I think the owners have two good lines with the, obviously the dry and McDavid line and whatever line, you know, Ryan and Fogel and Bukestad are on, um, that those are three players who are performing well. So, so there's, but in between that, those, those, those other guys, the $5 million men have not, you know, they've, they obviously scored some huge goals tonight, but overall at even strength, the $5 million men, Nuge, Hyman and Kane have been struggling this series. And I'm a little worried about that matchup. So, but um, dry subtle um, with McDavid is, it's something special. We saw it again tonight, it paid off in a victory. So I'll celebrate that. Yeah, that second period comeback. I mean, Leon got a primary assist on the first goal, scored the second one, scored the third one with like 10 seconds left in the period to complete that comeback. That was a uh, nice one to get, especially after the Oilers have been guilty of giving up last-minute goals throughout the series. One in each of the first three games, that was a huge goal. You know, they gave up the tying goal in the last minute of the third period in game one a tying goal in the last minute of the second period in game two and a go-ahead goal in the last minute of the first period in game three. And each one of them was a game changer at the time it was scored. And then this tying goal for the Oilers in the last minute of second period, turnaround's fair play. So, yeah, it was a huge part of that uh, comeback bid. What is your third good thing? Yeah, I'm going to tip the hat to Jack Campbell. You know, he came in and uh, 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 we were having a back and forth at the end of the first period. In fact, I, even before that, I said to my wife when they scored with like a minute and 40 to go in the first. And I said, they, they're not going to pull Skinner now, but it won't surprise me in the least. And I think they should do this, bring Campbell in to start the second period. Because Skinner wasn't making the saves and the boys weren't exactly responding. You know when they when they gave up two in a row on pretty bad plays, and so uh, it was time for a change. And Campbell came in and he hasn't played what three weeks now, two yeah, and a half not, weeks anyway. Yeah. Uh, he played about game. He played game in uh, San Jose maybe around game number eighty. So I guess at least two weeks ago. And Skinner finished out the season and the first three games the series started this one. Uh, but when they needed him, uh, Campbell, I thought he was good. And, you know, I don't like his form. I don't like his technique, to be honest. But he was making the saves. He was fighting the puck, but he was making the saves. And he made 27 saves on 28 shots, 964 save percentage. And some of them were pretty big stops. Like when it was 4-3 down and, and uh, 
they coughed up the puck on the sidewall there and Arvidsson walked in alone and tried to deke him and he got his leg over to the post. And then somebody came in and tried to shove more. the puck under his pad more. And I think he did shove it under his front pad, but his back pad had the, had the ice covered and that made the save on the second one. I mean, those were enormous saves. And there was only like six minutes left in the game or something. If they score there, it is over. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't over because Campbell made that big stop and he made a few others. Yeah, Doughty and, had a good shot in the yeah, uh, Yes. Doughty moved into the slot and ripped yeah. a, a dangerous shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he he um, he was fighting it. Like his first shot was a two-on-one shot from Arvidsson, and he stopped it. But then they, he, he just was battling around the uh, the puck, and it, it was like he just can't make a clean save um, and just stop mm. it. He did get he did seem to get more confident as the game went on. Yes. And thankfully, Bruce, there was no grade A shots against him in the third period. Not that he wouldn't have stopped it, but I don't know if my nerves could have taken it. I just in the overtime. And the excuse me in the overtime. Yeah. So um, yeah, like he he didn't get tested with a grade A uh, shot then. So yeah, good for him. I guess. What do you think? Do you think they should yeah. start up next game? Well, that's not really going to be the million dollar question, isn't it? They already asked uh, uh, Woody after the game, and he said, "I need 15 minutes to enjoy this game before I start thinking about the next one." But he basically intimated it was a pretty titanic decision that he's facing. Because I mean, we're going into game five at home. Series tied 2-2, and the Oilers, you know, they have this little tiny sliver of control in that they have home ice advantage in the best of three that remains. But that only works when you don't lose the first of those games like they did last year uh, when they lost game five at home, and then they had to come back and win the last two. Ideally, you go home and you win game five. Ideally, you go home and you win game five in decisive fashion. I mean, that would be nice. But nothing seems to be coming easy just now. Uh, No. It's not going to be easy against these Kings. Like, they're a good team. Yeah. My temptation would be to stick with Campbell, but I'm like, I'm not, I haven't got the keys, right? It's coach's decision. I'll be interested to see which way they they go with it and how they justify it. And then, of course, to see what actually happens afterwards. But uh, Skinner hasn't had, I would say, a great game in the series. Yeah. you know, I just don't. I, I don't he trust him. He was fighting it tonight. Yeah, and, I mean the, the Arvidsson goal that went right through him. You know, that wasn't good. I my, I guess I would go with, probably go with Skinner, but you know, I, if they go with Campbell, that's fine too. Like it's it's it, there's no there's no great choice. Let's be honest. There's no great choice at this point, right? Based on Campbell's history and and Skinner hasn't he's been just okay in the playoffs, and he hasn't been great. So, um, yeah, he wasn't certainly wasn't great tonight. Um, my third good thing, Bruce, is Connor McDavid. Oh, Connor okay. McDavid, three assists, mm-hmm. and he played generally solid defense. Although he was part of the melees at this melee at the start melees at the start of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, he there was one play that I there was a couple plays that typified the orders. They just were not they weren't getting the puck in deep. They weren't um, taking the body. And there was one play where Kempe is rushing through the neutral zone. And McDavid, instead of going for the check, hitting Kempe, he goes for the stick check and Kempe goes in. And um, they get a they get a, a five-alarm shot um, off that play. 
because McDavid had, and you know other players made mistakes later on in the sequence, but McDavid could have stopped it in the neutral zone. But he just they just go for the puck. They go for the puck, and it's what they do. And you know, it's it's um, it causes grade A shots and five alarm shots against. By the way, the grade A shots were 19 to 17 for the um, LA Kings this game, with the subset of five alarm shots, uh, seven six for the Oilers. So very close. Everything was close. All very very close. close. But then McDavid, for the first time really at even strength, just exploded in this game. He just got better and better and better. I thought as the game went along. But even early on, he he um, he he did a wraparound and Costin got a, a good shot early in the game. He um, set up dry settle for a dangerous shot early in the game. Um, then in the second period, he's just—it's just a huge play where he charges over as fast as he can and gets on Drew Doughty. And um, you know, for those of us paranoid that the Oilers never get a call in LA, well, the Oilers, I think, got that call. Doughty took a took a fall on the play. I don't actually think McDavid hooked him, but um, it was close. And you could see in with other referees, whoever refereed this game did a good job. And with other referees, um, that could have been a penalty on McDavid. Anyway, he Doughty falls down. It goes to Hyman. Hyman back to McDavid, who quickly puts it out to Dreisaitl, who hammers in the puck. It was just a fantastic hustle and skill play from Connor McDavid. Um, David, you just said referees Chris Lee and Steve Kozari. Well, they did a good job. They did. The the Ministry of Truth will be having an interview with you tomorrow morning, David. (laughs) I don't know. They actually were good. I'm surprised and impressed. They 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 did not uh, they did not take this game off the rails. And meanwhile, the two schlubs who ruined Game Three ruined Game Four in the Minnesota uh, Dallas series tonight with some bizarre calls again that uh, would have had. Minnesota fans and uh, Nick Foligno in particular uh, in uh, a state of dismay. Nick or Marcus, one of them. Anyway, uh, uh, he got two very strange penalties and uh, uh, two two goals were scored while he was in the penalty box and what became a one-goal loss for Minnesota. So you can bet that there's going to be more feedback about those guys. Uh, Rank was one of them. And yeah, anyway, they got. So we uh, next uh, get back hmm? to McDavid. We next see McDavid. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. We next, that's okay. Uh, we next see McDavid. Uh, he sends in, in the third period, he sends Hyman. I think it's in the third, but it, maybe it's in the second. He sends in Hyman with a really clever pass for a, a, a nice break in shot mm-hmm. um, when Hyman goes to his backhand and he fails to score. But he keeps going. He charges into the LA zone. Um, he makes a nice pass to Kane, and then Kane scores the tying goal. He just there, there was just huge plays from Connor McDavid in this game. He really, um, he really revved it up, and he found a way to, to be successful against the Kings here. And I expect that to continue. I mean, I thought that he, we would see this right from the start. They, they, to give them credit, the Kings really are a, a, a highly disciplined defensive team and a very pretty impressive defensive team. And yes. um, it's it's not easy for any of these attackers. I mean, Leon's having such great success in large part because of his immense skill shooting the puck. He's just and he's and he's big, and he so he's a, a more able to battle through things. He's bigger than most of the forwards out there. Mm-hmm. Bruce, let's move on to our. Bad one, just one things. point about McDavid. 
Uh, he played 30 minutes and 22 seconds tonight, 30 minutes out of a 70-minute game. And in that part of the game that he was on the ice tonight, which includes the power play, Edmonton won that part of the game 5 nothing. <laughs> and when he was on the bench for 40 minutes, they lost that part of the game 4 nothing. So he there was big. Know. He was big. He was big. Yeah, team high. Uh, his time on ice was a, was a team high. Bruce, what's yes. your what's your bad thing? <sighs> well, again, I'm going to go with a single player, and I hate to do this because he's one of my favorites, but boy, did Vincent DeHarnay have a very, very rough first period tonight and very early part of the second. So rough that he basically rode the pine for the whole rest of the game as Philip Broberg, the number seven defenseman, uh, took his spot and played almost 10 minutes. Uh, Vince played seven minutes and uh, 16 seconds, and he was a primary culprit on three different goals against all three that uh, L.A. scored in the first period. And he just couldn't make a stop. He was uh, uh, he was beaten uh, on uh, uh, on the first goal, I believe, by, by a pass uh, that wound up... Uh, uh, sort of exposing uh, uh, Nurse in front of the net. On the second goal, he just flat out got beat up the wall by Vincent, uh, sorry, Victor Arvidsson. He was in good position, except he tried to play the puck instead of playing the body, which is his real strength. And Arvidsson scooted around him, broke in, and sank one through the five hole. And then on the power play goal late in the first, he and Nurse were out there, and the puck kind of came into the slot and it bounced over Nurse's stick and it bounced over DeHarnay's stick and both guys tried to recover and couldn't and it was just, you know, they just couldn't get a hold of the damn puck to clear it. And it was just, yeah, so there was there was no control there. We had him involved on another uh, grade A shot as well that I think was a five alarm uh, where the... Uh, Puck didn't go in the net, but, you know, four four errors on five alarm shots in seven minutes of ice time is uh, pretty dreadful. And <clears throat> now there's been four goals scored in this series, David, through four games where uh, DeHarnay had, you know, a, a, a real bad play that was, that was part of the problem. Yeah. And he's been exposed a little bit in this series. And I don't know what he's doing different, or maybe the Kings are just that level better, but... Uh, uh, he, uh, this, this, that was the first period was his toughest in the NHL, right? Which, I mean, we've seen all of his shifts cause they've all been this season, but yeah, uh, he's a bit tentative with the puck and I don't, he, we, we can say that with certainty defensively. He's like, uh, they play, um, the, 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 was a, the, 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 you're mentioning, I think like the earlier, the other grade a shot that he, it was Velarde coming in i think if i'm or, mm-hmm. no that was the arvidson play where he didn't take the man on the this board where where mcleod turned over the puck right beside the net okay the guy came and stole it off him and then yeah. they took it to the front of the net and, and vincent couldn't make the defensive play there either so maybe we'll see philip broberg philip broberg look calm and when they needed a goal he's a better bet to play anyway he's a better offensive player than deharney um so maybe maybe they'll just alternate the six and they'll change up who the six and seven d-man are and use the on the pk where i still think he's he's useful bruce at least he has the excuse of being a rookie yes. darnell nurse does not have that no, this not. mistake this was an immensely disappointing performance from darnell nurse and um 
he's, you know, I guess we could put it under the, if you want to be kind to him, it's under the heading of he's trying to do too much out there. I think that's probably fair to say, but he was running around like a raw rookie mm-hmm. and it, he would have been benched if he had been a rookie in this game. Yeah. That's how that's, that was the level of his performance. He was a mess on the ice tonight and it was one of, it was his worst game of the year. Uh, and it starts out, there's early in the game, you know, there was all these signals the Oilers weren't ready to to execute on whatever game plan they had. He rushes up the ice, it was a two-on-two, and he tries to take his man. Instead of dumping it in, putting behind the guy, and, it's and you know, instead of getting the four-check going, they, the dump and thump, he uh, turns over the puck. So that's how it starts. Um Nine minutes in on a rebound, he goes for the he he goes for the puck, um, not for Velarde, uh, who's creeping into the play, and Velarde uh, slams it home. So this is when DeHarnay la- allows in that, um, sh- uh, sh- I guess, shot, and Skinner kicks it out. All Nurse has to be doing is turn around, watch the player coming in, take the man, freeze him out of the goalie, don't let him come into the goalie. Watch for the danger, man. He is a veteran player. He knows that the danger, he knows the danger is the people coming into the play. The people that 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 he's not seeing, but he knows they're coming. Why doesn't he just identify that player and take him out before he can shoot? And he fails to do it. On the um, shorthanded goal, he, he, he gets out-battled twice. I mean, this will happen to players, right? He, he gets out-battled out on the clearance. Then he gets a, a battle again in front of the net. So two lost battles. But he is Darnell Nurse. He's the guy that you're thinking you shouldn't get out of battle. You know, you're mm-hmm. the big, you're the big number one D-man on this team. You got to win your battles. You got to be in position, maybe a little better position to win them. Be just sharp enough. The play that I, I liked the least, though, Bruce, was the fourth goal from LA where um, they're rushing the puck up the ice and Leon Dreisaitl wipes out, gets wiped out in a hit. But it's it's still a nothing play at that point, pretty much. And what does Nurse do? He completely takes himself out of the play by going to hit the player uh, at the center red line that that um, that uh, has just hit uh, Leon Dreisaitl. And he, he gets knocked, he gets uh, knocked, discombobulated himself and he's wobbly like he he he's he can't get quickly back into the play and it ends up as a what is it a two-on-one three-on-one at that point they pass the puck breakaway philip broberg yeah at the end of it they pass the you know it's a really tough play for broberg to make and Mm -hmm. and nugent hopkins i think he misreads it he goes to the puck carrier instead of trying to catch up to the the danger man again this is the orders are are having a hard time identifying they're they're such a bunch of they can get in the they can get in the habit of puck watching all of these really skilled players and Nuge did on that play I thought instead of noticing that Matt Roy was streaking in there he went to the guy with the puck. Anyway, Nurse's play on that Bruce was why did he do that? Why is he doing that? What is that all about? And it was just it was he's the the prime culprit as I see it on three goals against and. That is not you will the owners will not win the cup unless he simmers the f down, mm-hmm. starts playing a simple game. Oh, we've seen it lots down the stretch of the season. Yeah, at times in the series, but I agree that he's just trying to be this sort of not just proactive but hyperactive uh, 
player. I mean, there was one scoring chance that came where the puck went to the sidewall to Kane in the Oilers' defensive zone, and it was like a 50-50 puck. And Nurse just tears out of the zone like he's just expecting. We're going to go for him on the counterattack. And, of course, Kane can't make the play. And the next thing you know, you got another play on net where you haven't got a defenseman. And they could have and, scored easily. Yeah, that was oh, a really easily, dangerous yeah. chance. Yeah, and that would have yeah. been on him because he's he's tearing uh-huh. up the ice. What does he – like, show – if you, if you want to – that's the key play, actually. If you want to have a video session with Darnell Nurse, don't show him the other plays. He knows he screwed up on the goals. Show him that play and say, Mm -hmm. what were you thinking? Like, I know they were down in the game, but it doesn't help to be down another goal. Uh, That was a, like, we, uh, again, you know, we ripped him to him last game in in the overtime play. Well, he actually built on that, that kind of erratic play of overreaction, of trying to do too much. He's got to, he's got to start just covering his, basic responsibilities defensively first and foremost and then the other parts of the game will come to him you know they 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 will happen he's he's forcing things and it's a it's um it's killing his team right now mm-hmm. he's got to stop doing it yeah yeah well i have two thoughts on nurse one is play your position yeah i'm going to insert an adjective in there if you care to and uh, second one is your position is not rover the rover position was abandoned a century ago in 1923. Play D. You're a D man. Play D. Be solid at the back. See your chances, you know, take, you know, and get involved in the, in the attack, but don't try and always be the initiator of stuff. Take the chances when they're there. Be reliable the rest of the time. What he wasn't tonight was reliable at all. I gave and him that hurt two. the team. Mm-hmm. I gave him a two, which was being charitable. Like I, I he was okay in he overtime. He was better later in the game. Yeah, he Much he came on a, a bit later, so I had a one tentatively marked down. Like DeHarnay got a that. one. Did he? And, yeah, I guess yeah. he had nothing good on the resume. No, just, uh, just all yeah. really bad. So yeah. I mean, but Nurse came close to getting a one in that game, and he's got to snap out of it. And you know, he he just watch the way Ekholm's playing. We're mm-hmm. not talking a lot about Ekholm, but he is he is playing very very well. And just, but a quiet game, just quietly getting the job done. Nurse, watch video of your part of your buddy there at Coleman, see what he's doing. Bruce, I'm down to six percent of power on my computer, so we're gonna have oh, to be okay. fast on our numbers. What is your number? Yeah, my number is fourteen. Fourteen uh, is the number of goals scored by the Edmonton Oilers in uh, uh, four playoff games: three, four, two, and five. And it's also the number of goals for that Leon Dreisaitl has been on the ice when the Oilers have scored him. They've scored 14 goals, and Leon's been on the ice for all of them. All of them. What a great stat. 14 out of 14. There's nobody else in the NHL that's been on the ice for more than 10. And here it's, you know what I mean, obviously some of these are power play goals. Six of them are power play goals, sure. But he's been on for 14, four, four against. And the score of the series is 14 to 13. Uh, for Edmonton, and oh, by the way, he leads the NHL with nine points. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 <laughs> that's an that's an incredible that's an incredible number, Bruce. I have a an equally incredible one. The Oilers were two two for three on their power play tonight. Overall, um, they are five for 11, 55 percent. Six for eleven. 
six for 11, excuse me, six for 11 in the playoffs. They they're so they're 55%. The next it's a, it's a small sample size and to give, and Dallas is very small in this series. Yeah. Dallas is at 44%. Dallas is at 44. And then the next best teams are at 31% Toronto, Winnipeg at 30. So this is a, this, this, this power play, which has been giving all year long continues to give. And people have said, well, you can't win in the playoffs on your power play, but you know, we have seen teams win Stanley cups in large part or, or, a big part of it has been their power play. The New York Islanders of the eighties come to mind that, that, that power play, which I consider other than this power play to be the best in NHL history. It really crushed the Oilers uh, um, in series and crushed other teams. It was so deadly and it, it helped. It was a key thing in them winning the Stanley cup. And it looks like this power play for the Oilers is just, you know, it's just keeping going and going and going. And um, it's as dangerous as ever. And, um, 55 percent six for 11. i was pretty crushed when they didn't they were up to 60 percent then they got a chance in overtime when bouchard got thugged uh, and i thought here it is here it is but they yeah. really didn't get they got that one chance by mcdavid that dano tipped and uh and it was just not like they had good possession but they just couldn't quite set up the shot but uh, they were close and then no. I thought this isn't good, but then they scored really not all that long after, uh, just really a minute later after Kempe came out of the box was when they wrapped it up. Indeed. Well, Bruce, Tuesday night in Edmonton. This is a nervous, nervy series. <laughs> you know, yeah. if we, you know, teams that succeed in the playoffs, they win series like this. You know, you got to win series like this, and. Yeah. When the Oilers won Stanley Cups, they had some tough mm-hmm. series that were really yeah. close. And so we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Yeah, well, in 83, when they cruised to the Stanley Cup finals, they hadn't met any adversity, and then they ran into the Islanders, and it was like they ran into a brick wall. In 84, uh, Calgary pushed them to the limit seven games in the in the Smythe Division finals. And when Edmonton won that game with a huge uh, last 30 minutes. They actually trailed halfway through the game and they and they just took it over. And after that game I was I was confident. Like if they can come through with that kind of a performance under that kind of pressure, I you know, we're a little bit more now steel tested and, and uh, uh ready to roll and uh and the bigger games to come and, and in fact they were. Yeah. Alrighty. Well Bruce, thanks for talking tonight. You got any percent left, David? Four percent. Okay, well, I guess that's probably enough for us to say thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast. Never in doubt.